Great. I am glad to be back from Ireland. It's always fun to go, but I love being here. Worship was so sweet with the family today. So, very cool stuff. When in Ireland, our group saw the Book of Kells. It is the national treasure for the Irish people. They say this is the most valuable thing that we have. It's in a glass case, and they have all these different pictures of it. What is the Book of Kells? The Book of Kells is simply the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, written with all kinds of beautiful pictures dating back to the 8th century. It is a treasure, and yet... Even though it is the national treasure for Ireland, many in Ireland are trying to push back and say, can we actually get back to our old roots before Christianity? Can we push away from this Bible thing? And how many in our own culture, in our own country here in the United States are doing the same thing, pushing away from the truth and the authority of the Bible? And yet the Bible itself says in Timothy, it says this, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There is so much value in this Bible that has been handed down to us. Now, for the last two weeks, you heard some amazing messages. Devin, you did an amazing job. Thank you for blessing the body of Christ. If you know people that are wondering about whether the Bible is reliable, have them listen or watch on YouTube to Devin's message. We also heard from one of the professors at Simpson University who showed us through archaeology how accurate and how beautifully attested the Bible is. And I know some of you were going, this is kind of nerding out, but it's important. It's important for you to know you can really rely on this Bible that's been handed to you. It hasn't been filled with all sorts of errors and problems and changes. It is reliable. It is useful. It is worth studying. So therefore, we said, why don't we make Lego projects of the Bible? And so what you'll see out front, some of you didn't get to see it. It'll be there afterwards. And hopefully next week, those, those Legos will be out as well before and after the service. So you can see... Bible stories put together in Legos. I know there's a four-year-old represented out there, and there are other those in their retirement years that are also represented. A wide range. Beautiful opportunity for us to celebrate these Bible accounts. Now, there's all these different Bible accounts. It would be easy for us to get really confused on where they fit. That's one of the reasons we're doing this series this fall. I'm calling it the big picture, experiencing the whole story of the Bible. And no matter whether you're a brand new person to church and the Bible, or whether you've been walking with Jesus for 50 plus years, we all have something to learn and a better grasp on our Bible. So in some ways this fall, we're kind of giving you the, the top to the puzzle. You know, if you ever put a puzzle together, you don't have the tops, you don't know what it looks like, you don't know where this piece fits. But our hope is by taking this entire fall to walk through the Bible, to give you an overview, the big picture, you'll begin to understand each verse, each chapter, each book that you read and where it fits because we're giving you the box top. Now, my friend Tammy Smith is going to come and join me. It is way too much 
way too much for me to teach on my own. And so, Tammy is a member of our church family. She's taught this material before in a seminar format. She's so passionate about the Bible. That's what I, one of the reasons I said, who do I know that's passionate about the Bible? Tammy Smith. <laughs> it was just like, it was just right, right on the tip of my tongue. And so her excitement and her passion about the Bible is one of the reasons I've asked her, and I trust her implicitly. She's a really good student of the word, and we're not related, but our dogs are related. You see, <laughs> Missy Burchett is the aunt of Roman and Aslan, their dogs. So Tammy, tell these good people, if they don't know you, who is Tammy Smith and who are these family members that's going to be up here on the screen? Well, hello, everyone. Um, I've, oh, not there yet. My family is coming. There's my family. <laughs> this is a couple years old, but um, starting on the left is our daughter, Bree. She's a second-year college student. Then my mom, Linda, who goes to this church with us, and my dad, Ted, and their dog, Bo, and then my husband, Jason, now of 23 years. We met in the Edge College Ministry here way back in the day, and then Hunter, who is a senior in high school this year. So Great. I'm just going to tell you just a little story. Just little give us a little bit of story about who you my are. My story and my journey and how I got to where I am. So full disclosure, I have no formal training in in the Bible. I went to college and got my nursing degree, but um, yeah, so no Bible classes, no seminary. So I, I didn't. I, I became a Christian when I was ten, and I read parts of the Bible as I was growing up, but I didn't really start digging deeper into it until in college, my mom bought me my first study Bible, and I actually took from my early 20s into my late 30s to read the whole thing. That's a long time. I read it with a lot of depth and detail, which was great, but I don't, I think I kind of lost the bigger picture taking that long doing it. So thankfully, um, I homeschooled my kids, and I had a chance teach them the Bible as they were growing up. I also had a, an amazing history curriculum, mm. and Hunter and I spent two years when he was in junior high making a history timeline. That was really fun, um, of all the major events, and so that helped me starting to get that grasp of, of the bigger picture. Then more recently, my family and I, we spent about a year and a half listening to the whole Bible together. There are some amazing resources out there to do that, and we'll be sharing some of that with you. I'm just truly passionate about this. I love talking about it. I love teaching it. I, I find myself in my spare time looking stuff up about it. And so I hope that my story is an encouragement to you that you don't have to have formal training in this to, to get into this. And I also want to let you know I'm learning alongside you. I'm growing with you and that we're all in this together. So Tammy and I are going to be team teaching, which is really, really fun. She's going to probably play a little bit more of the classroom teacher, and I'm going to be the crazy man running around, wearing costumes, telling stories, jumping off the stage, and using props so that you fully get the picture. Does that sound fun? Can you tell that I'm living into my playfulness this fall? Now, so this is all about an experience of the Bible, not just for your head, but also for your heart and your hands. And so, Tammy, we got to answer the why question first, because they're going, well, why are we doing this exactly? Why are we spending all fall? Why is this important for us to learn the big picture, 
there's a, so many small pictures we could be spending time on. Yes. So what's the why? Okay, so a few things here, some bullet points. Um, as we see how things fit together, we start to see um, structure, parallels, and themes throughout the whole Bible. And um, we understand God's character better. One of the best things that I love is that he's a promise keeper. And we see that so clearly when we read the Bible and that he is worthy of trusting with our own lives. We see how individual verses, chapters, books fit together in the whole. And, and that helps with a couple of things. It helps us be less likely to take things out of context. And it also helps us be less likely to be fooled by false teachers. So uh, important. It's so important. As we understand history, which it's not up there, but it's his story, if you guys have heard that, so God's story, uh, it, it helps us realize where we are in present day and the significance of modern day events. And we realize that it is one unified story that leads to Jesus. We give full credit to the Bible Project for that awesome tagline there, but we want you to see Jesus throughout the whole thing. It's true. You can think about this as directions, right? Yes. If you were giving directions from a Bidwell Mansion to Neighborhood Church, there's a few different ways that we could see that, right? Right. So up here, you'll see the, the play-by-play, -play, right? I know that's what I follow when I'm driving, and that helps you know where to go, but it isn't real clear unless you're looking at more of that overview. And then even more so, if you have like the Google Earth photo, you know, you can even see that better. And so that's what the Bible overview does. And I have a story about that. Uh, we like to go up to Lake Tahoe, but haven't been in there a whole lot. And so I really didn't understand where everything was around the lake. And so one year we had an extra day and we said, hey, let's drive around the whole lake. And, and I started to grasp more like, oh, okay, here's the city and then this city and started getting a better idea of where things were. Well, I went to life conference with our high schoolers this summer and on the way home, yay! was fun. <laughs> On the way home, I had a wonderful surprise. I just looked out the airplane window and there was Lake Tahoe. I was like, oh, how cool is that? And having that aerial view really helped me understand where everything was. And oh, Emerald Bay is over here. And it, anyway, so that is the, what we're trying to go for here. Um, when you're reading just a verse or a, a chapter or a book, it's more of that detailed direction. But when we're doing overview, you're looking at that big picture. And you know, it's interesting as a pastor who has been theologically trained, I'm always surprised at how many people in the church think that they don't need to read the Old Testament. They say, well, I'm under the new covenant. I'm, uh, Jesus already came. There's not any reason why I would need to study or know the Old Testament. And what would you say to that? Okay. I know what I would say, but I think we'd say the same well, thing. Well, it's three quarters of the whole book, so I can see why, hey, let's just focus on this last quarter here. But Jesus himself in Matthew 5, 17, Sermon on the Mount, is saying, I came to fulfill the law and prophets, which is, he's referring to the Old Testament scripture. So if he came to fulfill that, shouldn't we know what the law and prophets or the Old Testament says? Um, Okay, I'm going to read this part, that the New Testament quotes or alludes to the Old Testament a lot. Conservatively, there are over 200 citations from the Old Testament in the New Testament. This increases to nearly 1,000 when including allusions or references to Old Testament verses. We will miss much if we don't study the Old Testament too. All right. Come on. <laughs> okay. Chris, this morning in communion, talked about this new covenant, right? Well, 
if we're under the new covenant, what is the old covenant? That is covered in the Old Testament, and shouldn't we know the difference between the two? Yes, we should. I know the answer to that. Yes. <laughs> yes, know that one. <laughs> okay, Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. So if God does not change, shouldn't we read the whole story to understand his character so we can understand him more deeply? Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you're excited. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to refer back to the scripture that Andrew already said. All, how much all scripture is God breathed, right? So if it all is, we should be reading it all. Okay, this is a personal note, not a bullet point, but I personally believe it is the greatest adventure book, the most beautiful love letter ever written. And if we aren't going to read the whole thing, we're, we're only going to understand it in part, right? Don't we want to understand it in whole? I do. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to use all sorts of means to communicate so that you will be more and more excited about actually reading the Bible. Because... Most folks that I talk to in the church are intimidated by its size, intimidated by the words, the language, and just the breadth of what it is. And so in order to do that, we're going to show you a Bible project video for the next five minutes. Grab your popcorn, take a look at the screen. The Bible. It's one of the most influential books in human history. It explores the big questions of why we exist. It's inspired many people to do amazing things. And confused many others. And you've probably got one sitting around somewhere. So, what is the Bible actually? Well, the Bible is a small library of books that all emerged out of the history of the people of ancient Israel. And in one sense, they were just like any other ancient civilization. But among them were a long line of individuals called prophets. And they viewed Israel's story as anything but ordinary. They saw it as a central part of what God was doing for all humanity. And these prophets were literary geniuses. Really? Yeah, they expertly crafted the Hebrew language to write epic narratives, very sophisticated poetry. They were masters of metaphor and storytelling, and they leveraged all of this to explore life's most complicated questions about death and life and the human struggle. So there's a lot of different authors writing this book. Yeah, and these texts were produced over a thousand year period, starting with Israel's origins in Egypt, then leading up to their kingdom with their first temple. But eventually they were conquered by the Babylonians who took them away into exile. Then, at a crucial moment in their history, many Israelites returned to their land. They built a second temple, they reformed their identity, and this is when the Jewish scriptures began to be formed into the shape that we have them today. Okay, the Jewish Bible. What's in it? Well, in Hebrew, it's called by an acronym, Tanakh. The T stands for Torah, sometimes called the Law. That's Israel's five-book foundation story. The N stands for Nevi'im, the Hebrew word for prophets. And this section consists of the historical books that tell Israel's story from the prophet's point of view. Then you get the poetic books of the prophets themselves. The K stands for Ketavim, the Hebrew word for writings. This is a diverse collection of poetic books, wisdom books, and more narrative. And the Jewish people believed that through all of these literary works, God speaks to his people. Now, there were other Jewish writings being produced 
during this second temple period as well. Yeah, a really diverse group of texts. And these two were highly valued in Jewish communities. And there was debate from ancient times about whether or not some of these should be considered part of their scriptures. So this is a lot of different writings over a long period of time. Why did they put them all together like this? Well, altogether, these texts tell an epic story about how God is working through these people to bring order and beauty out of the chaos of our world. And it all builds up to a hope for a new leader who would come and renew all creation. And then the Tanakh concludes, and this leader never comes. So it's an expertly crafted work, but it's missing an ending? That's exactly right. Now, a few centuries later, a Jewish prophet comes onto the scene named Jesus of Nazareth. He claimed he was carrying the Tanakh story forward. Yeah, so Jesus did a bunch of cool stuff was killed, but his followers claimed he was alive from the dead. Yeah, they said that Jesus was that long-awaited leader who would restore the world. And so his earliest followers, called apostles, they composed new literary works about the story of Jesus. They called these good news or the gospel. They formed an account called Acts about the spread of the Jesus movement outside of Israel. And then they circulated letters to different Jesus communities all around the ancient world. And they saw these writings as part of the scripture. Yeah, the apostles wrote all of this as the fulfillment of that epic story found in the Tanakh. And they were continuing the literary genius of the Jewish tradition. They also believed that God was speaking to his people through these texts alongside the scriptures of Israel. So that's the Old and New Testament. But what did the early Christians think of the other Second Temple literature? Well, different groups had different views about some of these books, but we know they read them and valued these texts because they passed them along with the Jewish scriptures. Okay, so we've got the Tanakh, the Jewish scriptures. We've got these other Second Temple period works. Then the writing of the apostles about Jesus. And that's a lot of literature, so what's in my Bible? So the Christian movement has taken different forms over 2,000 years, and from the beginning, all Christians recognized the Tanakh and the New Testament as scripture. And for centuries, much of the Second Temple literature was read as part of the biblical tradition. The Catholic Church eventually made it official and called some of the books from this collection the Deuterocanonical books. Some Orthodox churches used even more books from this Second Temple literature. And then in the 1500s, during the Reformation, Protestant Christians wanted to go back to the oldest writings of the prophets and apostles, so they accepted only the Old and New Testaments. Okay, I think I got it. But how does a collection of books produced over a thousand years by all these different authors tell one unified story? Yeah, that's the question we'll address in our next video. Well, we did a little crafts project, and uh, 27 or so people got together. This is not every single person here on the screen that worked on it because they took the picture after a few people left. We did an arts and crafts project to put together all of the books of the Bible into this bookshelf, which Hunter and Jason are so Careful. masterfully moving over for us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Great job. Um, no per people were hurt in the moving of the bookshelf. <laughs> but thank you if you worked on this. Now, Kendra, yes. Kendra just Kendra outdid herself, Floyd didn't she not? Kendra was the... Um 
the artistic mastermind behind all of this. So special shout out to Kendra and all her time. Willow Smalljohn did these wonderful nameplates that we are gonna use. I know uh, Donna Carter, Marty Hearn wrapped a ton of these before we needed to do the, the color part, which was a huge help. Many of you brought cereal boxes for the project. And then of course the whole group that showed up to work on this, which was a huge blessing. So if you were a part of this in any way, will you please stand so we can thank you for your efforts? Do it, do it, stand up, there you are. Yeah. Nice work. <laughs> Arts and crafts people, nicely done. It was very fun to see that it was already a, a church-wide event happening before this even got started. So. so what in the world is this? Okay, so the Bible is a library, is what we want you to see. Um, okay, the video mentioned that different faith traditions have different books in their Bible or different orders and, and or different orders in their Bibles. So that's just one of the reasons we wanted you to see that video. Don't have to pay a lot of attention to that now, but our Protestant Bible has 66 books in it. 39 are the Old Testament and where the cross is, here's all the old, after the cross is all the new, and there are 27 in the new. For those of you who like numbers, here's a little way to remember this. So you take the 66, you subtract three from the first digit and add three to the second, you have 39. That's your Old Testament. If you take the 39 and multiply that, you get 27. Three That's times nine New equals Testament. 27, right. For those of you who like numbers. The, the, <laughs> the five math people are like, that's so cool. And the rest of them are like, I don't get it. <laughs> okay, how is our Bible organized? If you've been reading through it, sometimes you're like, wait a second. This event seems like it came before what I just read about. Why is the order seem, seem off? So Oftentimes it is chronological, but that answer is the Bible is not chronological. It is ordered by genre or by category, right? And so we have law and we color coded these to make this easy to see. So first we have law. Then we have history, the purple that flows down into here. Poetry, which also is known as our wisdom literature. All of these yellows. First, we have the major prophets, the first five. Then the minor prophets. Like Nicely that. done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then New Testament now, where the crosses and on. And we have the gospels. And then lots and lots and lots of letters. Oh, wait, we forgot one. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Yep, I Which forget. It's tucked in there. History. The book of Acts is more history, our there church it is history. Right there. Yep, Ooh. it's hiding in there. Beautifully done. And then 21 letters, the blue books. So many. <laughs> and finally, another book of prophecy, how we end with Revelation. So that is your visual to show you the different genres. So we're going to be teaching through each of these sections for 10 weeks and do a final wrap-up at the end to pull it all together. Little fun chant to kind of start learning these. Again, for those who like numbers, it can be helpful. Uh, there are five books of the law, 12 books of history, five of poetry, five major prophets, and 12 minor prophets, which is five, 12, five, five, 12. Kind of cool how it just flows right there. Yes. I like it. <laughs> and then 
for your New Testament, four Gospels, one history, 21 letters, one book of prophecy. Four, one, 21, one. So five, <laughs> 12, five, five, 12, four, one, 21, one. If that helps any of you, because we would love to challenge you on some, some memory, some memorization of all this to get more and more comfortable and familiar with your Bible. There is a slide behind us. Can you see it with this here? Or should I wait till we move this? Can you see it? They can see it. Okay. So two images. One, this is what we designed this bookcase off of, showing all the different genres. But we also wanted to show you this other one because it shows that these are all not the same length, right? You have some really big books and you have some really small ones. We tried to do a, a variety here of size to show that. They're not all accurate and to scale, but we wanted to point that out. So as we transition and move furniture, let me say this. It would be easy for you to go, I'm totally overwhelmed. This is too much to remember. Yes, it is too much to remember. And the truth is we're going to tell you over and over and over in this series so you have the frequency so that you will have the opportunity to remember. And for some of you, just knowing there's 66 books in the Bible, that's a big step for you. So you might be a beginner, and just knowing that would be a huge step. For some of you, actually memorizing the books of the Bible would maybe be your next step, so that when you go to your Bible, you don't have to always look at your table of contents to figure out where you're going, and to know exactly where things fit. And so if you're a little overwhelmed, and you're thinking, oh, I can't remember all this, it's okay. We know that. And we're going to continue to teach in different ways so that this will be reinforced for you and you'll be able to grow. Some okay, of you so are, start. let's say, on the more advanced level. So one of the things I realized this week as our next group is coming up to present, one of the things I realized this week is I don't remember the books of the Old Testament anymore. I get lost when I get to about Esther. So I realized my goal in the next couple of weeks is to re-memorize the books of the Old Testament. And we're always learning and always growing. We've got some help here. What we're doing is we're creating a timeline of some key events in the Bible. And we're doing so so that you can see what comes next. And so we'll walk through them briefly. We've got some friends here helping us with some different props. And what has happened is our stage has been expertly divided literally to the inch of how much time on a timeline you would go from creation or Adam and Eve when they were created all the way over there, all the way to modern day, which is at the very other end. So we're going to walk through this briefly. This is not the only time you're going to see this timeline. These people have just a very small clue of what they're doing. And so it will be really fun to walk through this. And the goal, once again, is for you to see what comes next and then also to see how much time there is between certain elements of the Bible. And then other elements, they're very, very close. And some of these folks will be standing shoulder to shoulder to try to represent the actual time. Okay, so we're going to move over to my right, your left. And Tammy's going to start us out and help us understand what is happening over here. So obviously, it starts with creation, thus the globe, 
right? This is about 4000 BC. We will explain all dates. I know there's probably some of you with lots of questions going through your mind now with that date. We'll go into that later. So this is the beginning right here. And at the beginning, we have Jesus. He in him, all things were made. Apart from him, nothing was made that was made. So the cross is present here at the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And yet we go how many years forward here? Cammy? Oh, sorry, this is a 1900 year span right here. Because this, Abraham, is 2100 B.C. Hmm. Love our Abraham. Hmm. <laughs> and then it eventually turned gray, right? Our father. <laughs> so Abraham is chosen through one man. God chooses one man to bless through his family all of the nations that will eventually result in the person of Jesus through that lineage. In Genesis, we see God create the world and create a nation in order to, uh, to bring his redemption plan. Okay. About 1440 now, B.C., this is Moses and oh, the Ten Moses. Commandments. Oh, Moses, you look great this morning. 40 years later or so, just to represent that desert wandering, is 1400 B.C. And Joshua, hold up That's your right, hold up your sword. sword. There you go, Joshua, good job. The conquest of the promised land. Yep, and even in the midst of this season before Jesus, 1,400 years before Jesus, Moses is prophesying about Jesus to come, and Yeshua is Joshua. It's the same name as Jesus as they step into that promised land. So Jesus present in this as well. Oh, hello, Mr. King David. The our stage is King David, and that's just because if you think about it, we have uh, six... 6,000 years, and so this is the 3,000, the middle of the, but this is our King David. And King David, it is through the line of David that we have Jesus, the son of David, the promised king who sits on the throne. Good job, David. Nice work. <laughs> this is now 1,000 BC. Okay, so what I'm going to have you do, is you're going to hold it up and just go, now bring it down to the ground like this. Okay, so we're trying to show you, this is when the, so after the unified kingdom, we have a divided kingdom. The northern part is Israel and it falls. Um, it is uh, at 722 BC. So in order to show it falling, okay, that nation has fallen. Mm. This one hangs in there a little bit longer. This is Judah and the southern kingdom and it falls in 586 BC and it falls and... The temple is destroyed during that time. Very, very hard, sad time. A very for the important, nation. important moment. Okay. And then we have the the rebuilding of yes. the temple next, right? It gets <laughs> right. a little crowded over here. There was prophecy. There would be seventy years, five eighty six to five sixteen BC, and now the temple is restored. Ah, uh, nicely done. <clears throat> you can open your book, and now you're gonna slam it shut. Okay, around 400 BC is when our Old Testament is completed. The Old Testament closes. We have a 400-year period. We are trying to show this hard because this part gets really crammed now, okay? This, thousands of years. This is like a century, okay? So this is why it's so crammed. Zero, we have... Jesus, Jesus is born. Yay, he's finally here. They've been waiting in four, for 400 years, this intertestament period. We also saw them in slavery for 400 years, waiting for a deliverer way back there. So this cool little thing with the 400, 400. We'll see some 
things like that. Okay. This we purposely did very large because this should be the center of it all, right? Even though it's not in the physical center because this was the turning point now, right? It was, this is around 30, 80, 30. And this is not only the crucifixion, but of course the resurrection. Right after, just days later, right? 50 days, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit. It is Pentecost. <laughs> so place all this about 30. Then another sad time. This is um, AD 70, and the second temple is destroyed by the Romans. Very, very hard time in uh, the, the Jewish history. Okay, I'm going to also have you do this, okay? Because at the end, Revelation is our last book, and it is seeing what is to come, right? And the New Testament is completed. There's different ways to date this. For this sake, we chose 80, 95, so almost the end of the century. So all again, all of that within a century. And finally, there is a gap here. That's 1,900 years. Yes, correct. The same as on the other end, is it not, yes, Tammy? correct. And over here, this is modern day. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's got her iPhone. She's got her <laughs> iWatch, all of those things. And the truth is, this is where we are today. Yes. And you see this ancient, tried and true story, this one unified story that leads to Jesus. And if we could, we would drag the cross over here <laughs> next to Cass because Jesus is right in the center of what's happening today. Will you thank our friends for helping yeah, us with our timeline you, this morning? <laughs> All right. As they exit the stage, we're going to transition and um, finish up with a few things uh, before we're done. One is setting some goals. And I did want to say that we are bringing this back so you guys are not off the hook. You may, <laughs> we'll get, you may have to wear a beard. Yes, we would love to get as many Willow of you Willow would look great with a beard, don't possible, you think? <laughs> okay, so it's goals for the series. We just hope you get excited about the Bible, that you actually want to spend time studying it. We want it to be engaging for all ages. And uh, we were struggled uh, with a title for this and really kind of finally hit it when we got the whole experiencing the whole story. So we want you to, this to be an experience that you feel like you're entering in. We want you to see how those individual verses, chapters, books fit into the whole. Um, and there's this concept of zooming out and zooming in, right? So when we're zooming in and reading a verse or reading a certain book, uh, we need to keep the big picture in mind. So we zoom out to remind ourselves that, zoom in, zoom out. And so in the spring, when we head towards a deeper study, that'll be more of a zooming in, but we want to always remember this piece of it. Um, when we do that, again, I said this before, but I think it's worth repeating, we are less likely to take things out of context, and we are less likely to um, be fooled by false teachers, which again, we said, is very important. We want to realize it is one unified story that leads to Jesus. We hope that the cross moving across the timeline helped you picture that. The one story, one unified story that leads to Jesus. Yep. We will say that over and over and over <laughs> so that you remember that. 
We also really want you to take ownership of this. So a challenge we have for you is that by the end of the series, could you say the story of the Bible in about 10 minutes? And we love this as a tool because it's not only great for evangelism and discipleship, but it is awesome for your own personal growth. Because as you rehearse that and try to say that, you realize, wait, I'm kind of fuzzy on this little area. And that's, I know when I do that, it shows me what I want to study next to get a little bit more clear. The goal of this is not to have you just learn more information. Uh, it is for you instead to get to know the main character of this book and let him transform you with his love. So a couple of verses that support that. Yes, 1 Corinthians, knowledge puffs up while love builds up. So we want to always remind ourselves of that. We don't want to become like the Pharisees. <clears throat> Hebrews 4.12 says, for the God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of the heart. So we have some additional resources for you because we are two self-proclaimed Bible nerds, and we realize that there are so many things that we want to share with you, but you just get overwhelmed and you would say, it's too much. So there are some resources, yeah. are there not? Yes, so starting next week, we're actually going to have a handout for you to take notes. So for those of you in the house that actually want a hard copy, that is going to be available to you. We'll also have an online version for those of you on the live stream or for those of you even here that want that version. And so we are suggesting it would be a great idea to get a binder or a folder or something to put all of your notes in because we think it's going to be a great reference at the end of this for you to go back to and review what you are learning um, in your own Bible study. It's also a lot easier to write when you're sitting in a pew if you have a hard surface. Maybe I've done that before. Maybe just a few times. Online, we have uh, on our website, you will find Digging Deeper. It's on the upper bar. You click on that and you can drop down. You can find uh, the image of the books of the Bible, uh, bookcase. Uh, there are some, some songs that the kids are learning about how to memorize the books of the Bible. So we've put the YouTube links for those songs if you want to learn the songs. Because we challenge you adults to learn them too if you have not memorized Right. The kids got a head start. You <laughs> see, the kids in Sunday school are learning about the Bible at the same time we are this fall, but they got a head start. And we got to catch up a little bit. So those YouTube videos are there. Uh, a copy of the timeline. And there's a little quiz. Yes. And quizzes sound so academic. You're like, what are you doing to us? But there's a reason why you've used this as you've taught these seminars for others. Tell us about the quiz and how this could be a good challenge for us this week. Yeah, so that is your challenge. If you want to go on into the Digging Deeper resources and take the quiz, uh, it, one is just going to show you, hey, do I know all of this, know any of this already? Not all of it. Don't expect you to know all of it. Um, but also there's an answer key. And so uh, after you do it and you uh, look at the answer key, uh, I'd like you to... If you got one through seven right, we're going to say you're a beginner. If you got eight through uh, 14, you're intermediate. And if you're 15 or um, over, you're advanced. And the reason we want to do that is we're going to use those terms moving forward in this. Uh, we want to sometimes, sh we want to share at those different levels for, because they're all in different places. And we want to engage you in those different levels. And so we're going to use some of that language. Right. 
The goal isn't for you to feel bad about your Bible knowledge. The goal is to be aware where you can grow and learn. And so as we go through this series, there is a big purpose in my heart, in our heart as as leadership here at the church. And that is this. One of our core competencies for discipleship is being able to study the Bible for yourself. And so we realized that a series like this is critical for people to be able to have as a resource, not only for 2022, but this will live on YouTube potentially forever so people can continue to learn the overview of the Bible. This is just one of three ways that we'll deliver this information. Also, more importantly, we're getting ready for 2023. What is 2023? Well, that is coming right around the corner, and that is an emphasis on teaching this entire church family inductive Bible study. Many of you are so intimidated about studying the Bible and even studying the Bible with someone else who knows more than you. You can always find someone who knows more than you. I run into people all the time who know more than me, even though I went to seminary. But the inductive Bible study method is so beautiful. It's so incredibly effective. And we're going to teach everybody all at the same time right here in the worship services how to do it. So then you will feel more comfortable and you'll have this skill and this tool. So that's the context for the next, hmm, let's say six months, maybe longer. But I'm so excited because I believe that by and large, if we can be people of the word, not just his written word, that's what we're talking about, but also his rhema word Mm -hmm. where he's constantly whispering to us. My job as a pastor is to put these two things together and continue to see us grow in both. So if you'd stand, we would love to pray for you. Thank you for walking through a bit of the introductory material. Next week, we're going to get into those green books right up there, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, these first five books, and we're going to dive into those you aren't going to miss. You won't want to miss next week. And so Jesus... I pray for our church family that we would step into more excitement about your word, that you would refresh and revive us through it. Thank you, Jesus. You are the living word. We worship you. We bless you. We honor you. Just continue to open our hearts and our minds so that we can be more focused on who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. this point, prayer folks, if you'd come forward. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.